1: Hi, I'm Charlotte.
2: And I'm Heli, and welcome to Growth and Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we catch up about the things we've been up to recently,
1: share whatever we've been loving, and then move on to discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to right now. The sorts of things that a lot of people are often thinking about, but probably aren't actually discussing. If you enjoy this episode or any of our other episodes, please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever podcast provider you're listening on, and you will stay up to date with all of our latest episodes. So, how's the past week been, my love?
2: It's been really good, thank you. It's been, well... I guess it's a little bit bittersweet but because taylor's leaving next week so when this episode goes live actually taylor will be going back to the states um so we've been trying to just obviously do as much as we can we're still in lockdown so we're very restricted but going on lots of walks to different places just spending loads of time outside um oh, yesterday for saint patrick's day we had guinness and the sun in the garden it felt like i was on holiday nice <laughs> Oh, I love that. But yeah, just trying to, we're making loads of different food and having a few treats and stuff. We'd usually be super strict with what we're eating, so we're having loads of treats. And yeah, so it, it's really, it's been really nice. Obviously, it's sad because it means that he'll be going home soon. Um, but it's kind of been a nice change from routine, to be honest, to be doing so many different things.
1: I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's obviously absolutely crap that he has to go back. Um and not what any of us wanted or hoped for, but at least you've almost had a run up to it. So you can properly like make the most of the next few days and the few weeks prior and actually enjoy yourself. So I feel like if it was another one of those decisions that had come in like on the Monday and it had to be, you had to make the change by the Wednesday, it would have been even worse.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. It could have been, yeah, could have been so much worse. But it's been nice that the weather has been nice and, I really hope this stays because people keep saying there's going to be another beast from the east in April and I don't think I can mentally deal with that.
1: I mean, I'm sitting here now and all of my knitwear and my big winter coats are folded up on the end of my bed and they're about to be put into storage. So no, going no, back. Like, no, I'm, I'm not opening up those vacuum packs to get out the coats again. So um, the, the warm <laughs> weather needs to stay, frankly.
2: <laughs> it's too I late. did buy a summer dress the other day and I think maybe it was a bit optimistic, but I'm already planning when to wear it. <laughs>
1: I did similar I got some like spring I got a spring blouse and some cardigans I'm like I'm just gonna wear them and then I'm just gonna wear like thermal socks jeans have a blanket on my lap and cuddle a hot water bottle so that I can still wear them (laughs) balance
2: all about balance exactly
1: Exactly. (laughs) what have you been up to do you know what I've really not done a lot and this weekend just gone I actually fully like took the time to just sleep and rest i think it's been a tough few weeks for a lot of people for a lot of reasons Um, and we're coming to an end of a lockdown and it's we're all knackered aren't we let's be honest like it's been brutal and so this weekend i actually just Mm. thought do you know what i'm gonna sleep and i'm gonna watch tv and then i'm gonna sleep again and i'm not gonna put the pressure on myself to get life admin done or anything like that and i realize this might not be a revelation for everyone but I would really recommend, especially at the moment where we don't have commitments and we aren't being asked to see people, um, it was just lovely. I actually started The Bold Type, um, which what you recommended a few weeks ago, and I'm obsessed with it. Oh, isn't it so good? I have so many thoughts. I cannot wait to discuss it with you. If anyone else has um, watched it who's listening, please just get in touch. I want to chat about it. Um, but it's perfect. It is that perfect mix of real issues, real, like, real life, but positive and uplifting and fun
2: you get all the fun of like New York City kind of yeah I love I love that it's kind of obviously fiction but also tackles some real issues too
1: yeah and it's got a lot of supportive figures in there which I think is a really nice change from um how often like how that world's often portrayed yeah and it reminds you that you can be successful and hard-working and firm but very fair and it's just it's just so refreshing so yeah based on that do you want to share what your recommendation for this week is
2: yes so what i'm recommending this week is actually a tv show and i can't believe i didn't recommend it before because i finished it a couple of weeks ago now and it is wandavision on uh disney plus have you no, watched any yet
1: no spoilers so we're still on our marvel movie marathon this weekend we're going to watch infinity war one and end game and Infinity War 1 is not what it's called, but you know what I mean. Part 1 and then Endgame. And then we are starting WandaVision and I am so excited for it.
2: Oh, I just, I loved it. And oh yeah, no spoilers, don't worry. Um, but this is definitely one for Marvel fans. And it kind of follows like the life of Wanda and Vision. And each episode progresses through through the decades. It's done really interestingly. At the start, I was really... I was really thrown like I just couldn't understand where it was going and I was really thinking am I going to enjoy this um but after I think the third episode it just got so so interesting and it's really they combine kind of like this weird suburban life with the sort of unsettling like something's not right um I don't want to give too much away but it's absolutely fantastic if you've seen Endgame it takes place after that um highly recommend watching it and it's really interesting character development for Wanda um well and other characters actually but again I don't want to give you any spoilers um but yeah really really interesting highly recommend giving it a watch
1: I can't wait to watch it because of their their relationship and their dynamic was one I was always really interested in and I love Elizabeth Olsen so yeah,
2: I feel she's like it's so good in it
1: and I also feel like it's anyone who's our age who grew up with the Olsen twins it's like oh she almost yeah. feels like our sister as well. I'm like, oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I really, really like her and she plays it really, really well. And there's a twist in it that you just, I didn't see it coming. And it was really, really interesting, really interesting for the development of where Marvel's going to go in the future as well.
1: Oh, I'm excited because Winter Soldier and Falcon or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whichever I've mm-hmm. is, is coming out. Yeah. It might be out by the time this is live. I don't know. But yeah, I'm very excited. I, I love, I, I love a good Marvel bit of escapism.
2: Yeah, we'll have to discuss when you've watched it. Yes. yes. Um, what's your recommendation this week?
1: So this is a completely different direction that I've gone in this week. Um, and it's a book that I've been reading. And it's a book that's been on my list for a really long time. And it is I Am Not Your Baby Mother by Candice Breathwaite. Have you read this yet?
2: No, I haven't.
1: So it came out last year. Um, and... I would highly recommend that everyone reads this book. I am obviously not a black British mother and yet it is something that I have really enjoyed reading even when it's been, because she tackles everything in this book. Like it's, it's not an easy read. It's not a light read, but it's an important one. Mm. And the way she talks about so many issues and the way, the way she is just so frank and open. and I don't know like from the first page you feel like you you've really been let into her world and it feels like such an honor for someone to do that mm. um and she is so honest she talks about having an abortion she talks about how she wasn't sure if she wanted to be a mother even when she felt pregnant with her daughter she talks about um a really interesting chapter that I read that was completely eye-opening to me it was a chapter about names and the process she went through of picking the name of her daughter and what what's in a name basically um and how if you are not if you're not a white person then actually your name can um really impact the experiences you have so it's been absolutely eye-opening to read absolutely gripping I think anyone else who is on their um journey to become actively anti-racist is essential reading I would say Um, I've already pre-ordered her second book sister sister which is due out in the summer Um, And I think you'd really enjoy it. It's just so... The way she writes is brilliant. And I love her. Like I've followed her on Instagram for a really long time. Um, And a lot of people who are listening to this might already be familiar with her for the work she's done on the campaign of how black British mothers are treated in terms of childbirth because they are five times more likely to die in childbirth.
2: Which is mad.
1: Horrendous statistic. Um, I'm reading her experience... After she had had, well, as she was having and had had her daughter, it made me really emotional, um, and I just think it's something that, like I said, even if you aren't a mother, even if motherhood is not something that is in your future for whatever reason, I
2: think it's a really important, um, really important story to listen to. Sounds really interesting. It's one that has been on my list for so so long. And I'm like, I know that I need to read it. I know it's a really important one to read and I'll definitely now you've recommended it, I think I'll I'll have a look at it this week and yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of it's the kind of book that will stay with me for a very, very long time. Um the chapter Young Gifted and Stabbed that yeah, that's I think the title says it all, doesn't it really?
2: Yeah. I think it's so important as well to read those like you said even if you're not having like planning on having a child in the future or you're not a black person. I think learning about and reading about those different experiences is so eye-opening. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's eye-opening because it just makes you completely realize your privilege, doesn't it? That's oh, what the yeah. bottom line is.
1: Yeah, totally. The the realization I had about my own privilege when it with the, the name chapter, what's in a name that Yeah. That whole discussion really was an eye-opener for me. So I would recommend um, and also follow her on Instagram because she's also just the most wonderful person. Like, her Instagram cracks me up. Um, I
2: just love her. Okay, I'm going to go follow her after this.
1: Do you not already follow her on Instagram? That really surprises me. I don't think so, no. Oh, my God, I love her. Her um, She did a reel recently about... Um, her shoe collection and it had it cracked me up i loved it (laughs)
2: Um, on this week's episode we're talking about the filter drop campaign um which has been in the news more recently in light of recent changes to um advertising standards regarding the use of beauty filters on apps like instagram and the way that products are advertised online um We're not obviously just talking about the progress of that campaign, though, because we want to talk more about the use of so-called beauty filters in general and the impact that they have on social media users, women and especially young girls who consume that content without necessarily realising the extent to which a filter has altered their perception of a product or a person.
1: We definitely feel like this is a really important discussion and that we're both on the same page that the campaign itself and the change that was made is a really important one and it gets said a lot that social media is still kind of like a toddler and it's like infancy and there's a lot to learn and i think this is a really great example of the asa turning around and going yeah you're right we do need to step in here um but it isn't like anything it's it's not as black and white as that and obviously there's a reason people feel the need to use filters there's a reason it's been normalized and no one is um exempt from this in terms of having done it or feeling the pressure to do it or feeling a nervousness if they don't do it I think that's another really important thing to mm. acknowledge like just the other week Kendall Jenner was held to account on social media for using a filter on a video of herself and it kind of if you've seen the video you know, it kind of snaps off like you know when a filter kind of jumps on and off if you're mm-hmm. moving your camera and it does that and it shows that her body actually looks very different and I completely agree she should have been held to account over that because she is followed by millions of people. And by doing that, she normalizes something. However, as a six foot tall, absolutely gorgeous supermodel, if she feels the need to do that, if that is the pressure she is feeling, it just goes to show how systemic this is. And I know a lot of people turn around and go, well, her sister's are part of the bloody problem that started it. Like, Of of course they are. But I, I do think we also need to have a bit more of a nuanced discussion about okay are we all victims of circumstance as well
2: yeah I mean I think it's important to point out obviously Kendall and all of her sisters they have such huge platforms and the filter drop campaign whilst it's a great like it's a step in the right direction it's specific to changes in guidelines in the UK yes so if for anyone who's not aware, the Filter Drop campaign um, was started by Sasha Polari, who campaigned for the ASA to change their guidelines and have stri- these stricter rules regarding how beauty products were advertised online. So, as of February, the rule now states that brands, influencers, celebrities, etc., are not to apply filters to photos which promote beauty products if such filters are likely to exaggerate the effect product is capable of achieving, even if the name of the filter is referenced in the Instagram story. So even if you use a filter and it says at the top what filter you're using, the ASA have said that's no longer enough. If you're advertising a beauty product, it needs to be explicitly disclosed if you're using some sort of filter that exaggerates the effects. And obviously that's a great step, but that's only referring to beauty products and how they're advertised. It's not talking about all of the other content out there, Mm. just generally, that normal people are creating and consuming that uses filters.
1: I think it's the kind of thing that really sparks a conversation though, doesn't it? Because the change that has come in undoubtedly is brilliant for that situation. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm watching someone promote a face cream, but you know, they've got a filter over the top and it makes their skin look super smooth and really even, and that's not how they look. The cream could be amazing. I don't doubt that they love the product and are happily endorsing it but it distorts it from a customer point of view so i think it's important that it's come in but i think to your point it isn't you know influences celebrities even like everyday people at like you and i when you're using a filter constantly you're putting out there an image that isn't accurate and To an extent, it's almost a bit catfishy. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm, especially in the past year, I think everyone working from home, we've all, and I, I completely get why people are using filters. There's no like shade there, but I think a lot of us have kind of done that thing where we were like, oh God, I can't, I can't face what's seeing me today. I'll just slap on a quick filter. And it's almost like it makes us feel good in the short term, but long term, that isn't good for us. Regardless of what anyone else is seeing or the impact has on other people, on an individual level, it's not good.
2: Yeah I mean exactly what you said there is just you get this kind of temporary like hit that makes you feel better by using it is almost like filters are are addictive mm. and like yes they make you feel better temporarily but then you look at yourself in the mirror and that's what that's what leads to self-esteem issues and body image issues because yeah. you've just given yourself that temporary kind of like hit that's made you feel better by using the Paris filter on Instagram that smooths your skin. And then you look in the mirror and you can see your, your pores, your blemishes, your like uneven skin tone, all of which are completely normal. And yet you're comparing yourself to a beauty standard. That's, that's not even real because you've just put a filter on it.
1: And I think you then become used to seeing that version of yourself. Like I can hand on heart say, I don't use FaceTune. I don't adapt Mm. the way I look in an image like that. Like obviously I might up the brightness or change the temperature. And I think everyone does that. Um, But when it's augmenting what you're seeing, I don't do that. But I know a lot of people who do and who do it so much that they then don't even see that they never needed to. Like They get so used to seeing that version of themselves and that version of themselves getting the likes, getting the comments, getting the flame emojis, all of that, that it's almost as though the real version cannot possibly live up to the other version you've created
2: yeah that's completely it isn't it it just normalizes it so so much and I mean there's a study I can't remember who it's by um a study here in the UK that says one in three girls under 14 are unhappy with how they look and that's exactly why because it's become so normalized to smooth out your your pores or your dark under eye circles or if you have like acne or spots or whatever and it is not normal like it's not normal at all but because there's this weird expectation to look perfect on instagram or social media in general it's just completely distorted people's own image of themselves like they want to look how they look on instagram but that's not real or with facetune or Mm. whatever app is being used and it it's it's creating completely unobtainable beauty standards like no wonder one in three young girls are unhappy with how they look because they can't ever obtain that unrealistic standard
1: do you know what is really interesting as well i feel like a few years ago maybe maybe more than a few let's say 10 15 years ago there really started to be a big conversation about the use of photoshop um and how models and celebrities and that were distorted and all of that and so we were we were growing up at a time where that was a really prevalent conversation so even though we still saw the picture of the celebrity and thought, Oh god, I just want to look like her, or I just want to, you know, be able to have like hair like that, or whatever. We were told that there was Photoshop involved. Was that enough? No, almost certainly not. But the conversation was there. The problem I think we've got now is that we reserved that for a very certain part of the media and advertising, whereas because of social media and because of how, even if you're not on social media, you can edit your you can edit your holiday pictures, do you know what I mean, to make yourself look better, mm. better in inverted commas. Um, it's almost meant that it can be more insidious. And again, it becomes normal. So we've almost stopped having the conversation because whilst I can pick up a copy of Vogue and go, yeah, that's been photoshopped. We're not always having that same conversation when it comes to scrolling through your Instagram feeds. And you're seeing so-and-so who you work with. You just think, oh, my God, they look amazing you don't know that they've spent 20 minutes drawing in their abs. Yeah.
2: I think that's part of the problem though, isn't it? Because when we were growing up, yes, the Photoshop conversation was happening, but Instagram and all the social media platforms didn't exist or not, like to Mm -hmm. the extent that they do now. And because of the rise in popularity of them, it's made those effects accessible to everyone. Like you no longer need to be an Adobe Photoshop pro to, to get rid of the spots on your face and to smooth your skin tone. You can literally just do it with a swipe, swipe right on Instagram stories. Like, Mm. and I think because of that, because of how easily accessible those changes are to make, it's now incorrectly teaching people that we should hide our flaws. And that's, Yeah. yeah. And it's now created an even bigger problem. Like everyone knows about Photoshop, but this is way more, like you said, it's way more, insidious and subtle i mean the, i keep saying talking about it but the instagram paris filter is so subtle and that's why it's the worst because it yeah. make it just smooths your skin out like you can roll out of bed put on the paris filter and it makes you look bright and like poreless and it makes people think it's normal and that's okay Do you know the other one that's like
1: that? I don't believe for a second that any of us all loved having Snapchat dogs on our faces. We were using the dog filter on Snapchat because of the smoothing effects. Can we all take a moment to be honest there?
2: All of those (laughs) animal ones, yeah. All the ones that give you nice rosy cheeks and slightly bigger eyes. Yeah,
1: I was like I love the dog filter and I'm looking back and I'm like now what I liked was the fact that my features were more defined and my skin was smoother like none of us wanted a dog on our face but that's the problem isn't it like we can hide we can literally hide behind the filter and go no no no, it's got nothing to do with that like it's not that deep yeah it is and it kind of it makes me wonder as well like in 10 years time or however many years time when we look back at photos of ourselves or like I don't know, like younger family members or our kids or grandkids, ever look at photo albums. Which may maybe they won't be a thing, so this won't even be a problem. But when they look back and go, "Oh my god, like grandma, you looked amazing when you're in the Maldives. Did you look like that in the Maldives, hun?" Because you might have, and fair enough. But like, are we at risk of having like photos that are so heavily edited that they almost take away from the moment we're trying to remember?
2: Yeah, they're actually changing the. Reality. Yeah. Like, was it actually
1: that sunny on that day? Or have you tweaked the sky so it looks brighter? And actually, it had been raining all day and it had almost ruined the day of the holiday or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, when you edit photos so prolifically, you stop even realizing what you're doing. And that's why we can literally bring up our Instagram stories and go, Oh, I'd rather, I'd rather swipe and have the Paris filter on because I do just look a little bit better. People know it's still me, but I look a little bit better.
2: Yeah. And I think that is part of the wider conversation, isn't it? About editing photos and making changes. Like every, everyone does it. Like how how far is too far? Yeah. And we had the conversation where Photoshop was called out in magazines. And I think now, yes, the ASA is calling out the misleading advertising in beauty products. There needs to be more. And I don't, I don't know how to, I don't have the answer to this, but more kind of calling out of how misleading those easy accessible filters are Mm. because how how do you stop a 14 year old girl from using a photo uh, using a filter that makes her feel better like there's no rule or way to stop that unless we make those changes at the top that that show you don't need to apply a filter to have longer eyelashes or to get rid of spots because they're they're normal things like you don't need to erase your scars in photos everyone has scars like until those changes happen higher up in those images that we see in the media and I think that's what you were saying about Kendall in that she's just a product of the issue because she's felt like she's had to do it I mean I feel like people forget that she's she's been in this public spotlight her entire life and that's what she's felt like she's had to do until those changes are made at the top that are influencing younger girls you're not going to see the changes and people just swiping and popping a quick filter on whenever they appear on their Instagram
1: and actually there's an argument be had as well can you blame these people and obviously I'm not talking about like you and I but I'm talking about like celebrities or influencers with bigger followings can you blame them for wanting to apply the filter if they're gonna get hate either way like Kendall Jenner would have got horrendous comments on that video even if there hadn't been an issue with the filter because people love to hate so from her perspective or anyone's perspective, is it easier to apply the filter and have fewer spots or less dark circles or whatever it is just to take ammo away from people who will troll on the internet? I realise that's like trolling in itself and hate comments and stuff is a different conversation really. But, you know, can we can we really sit here almost on our high horses going, it's always wrong when actually if someone is going to get lampooned on social media for it, can you blame them for wanting to protect themselves and maybe even trying to draw a boundary for their own well-being?
2: I almost feel like though, that's, it's just a, because it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it is. Like those, those trolls are, are trolling because they've been so used to seeing perfect images mm. and they just love to find a fault. So they're only picking up on that fault because they've previously seen perfect images and they want to slam someone for not being perfect. Yeah. It's just self-fulfilling, isn't it? And I think it's, whether we're talking about editing, whether we're talking about mental health, whether we're talking about women, like whatever issue it is, when it's on social media, I do feel like the, the functions that social media platforms suppliers just exacerbate these issues. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the social media platforms want us to stay on the platform. And if yeah. that means we get, a, we get a hit from, we get a kick out of applying a filter... Those platforms are going to keep supplying the filters.
1: Do you know what's also interesting here that I've just thought of? Do you remember a few years ago, and bear with me on this one, but do you remember a few years ago when Alicia Keys came out and said, I'm not wearing makeup anymore Mm. and I won't do my hair and makeup for any events? And she doesn't. She still doesn't. I watched her on New Year's Eve on the BBC and she didn't have a scrap of makeup on her face. And at the time, people were like, oh, my God, why would you bother? All of this. Like, oh, my God, look how tired she looks, look how haggard she is, all of that. That conversation doesn't seem to be happening anymore, because it would be a boring conversation to have. Because you turn around and go, "But this is what she looks like." Like we we know this. What's the big deal? And I don't doubt that it took bravery for her to do that. Um, but I and I'm not saying that everyone should have to do that. But it does make you wonder that if everyone suddenly went, "Now nah, we're just gonna not filter the images in the same way." there would be like uproar or a lot of comments and a lot of thoughts for a few weeks or even a few months. And then slowly we'd all move on because that kind of conversation gets boring. Like how many times can you discuss about that Alicia Keys has dark circles? You're like, yes, so what? So do I?
2: Yeah, I think you're really right. Yeah. People get bored of the conversation. Like they, they're not actually, they don't actually have an opinion on that. They just want to, they just want to have a bit of an argument on the internet. Let's face it people have a lot of time for picking arguments on the internet, but I I do think you're right. And also I think credit where credit's due, there are a lot of companies who are trying to make those changes and who are using a more like diverse selection of models who are not airbrushing photos and who are being very accurate about how they're portraying things. And I wish it did happen more and I wish the ruling that the ASA has, has put in place about beauty products, I wish it was standardized across the whole influencer industry because yeah. that's another important thing to remember. Those 14-year-old girls who are being influenced by those those adverts for beauty products, the ASA is only for the UK. So that mm. rule does not affect content that they consume, for example, in the US, which is obviously where a lot of content comes from. So I do wish it was more standardized.
1: Yeah, and I also think like we are talking about the fourteen-year-old girl, but actually, as a twenty-six-year-old woman, I know filters exist. I'm fully aware of what they do and what they can do. And yet, I can still look at an image and go, "Oh, okay, she." I don't know about that. Oh, uh. and I, do, do you know what? I think it needs to come in for fashion as well. I would be. I don't think I would be that surprised to see the numbers of people who do Zara hauls or who are you know. 10 looks for spring but they've edited it in a way that means that they do look slimmer and that the clothes fit differently and they hang differently because that's a problem as well like and it's like anything isn't it it could be the same for active wear or sport product. like if if whatever you're portraying is different in real life and that is because you've used a filter there's a problem so I, I hope this is a step in the right direction I think I wouldn't want to sit here and bash the ASA for not doing enough at this point. I think any step in the right direction is positive, but I hope it's a I hope it's a domino effect. I hope more comes out of it.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a great step and I hope it is a sign of more of what's to come, um, whether it's from the ASA or just across industries in general.
1: Yeah, and I think all of us can play a part in normalising things, can't we? Like we? We can make the decision and it isn't all on us, but I think we can all play a part at the same time and make the decision to say do you know what I'm not going to photoshop that I'm not going to make my lips bigger I'm not going to make my skin look smoother um it's completely normal to have a stomach row and I'm not going to try and edit it out all those sorts of things and I think we can all think a bit about how we can slowly start to dismantle it but it's not like we said at the start it's not a black and white conversation
2: um we hope you found this conversation interesting and of course we would love to hear your thoughts as well you can get in touch with the contact details which are in the show notes um but in the meantime stay safe have a great week and we will speak to you next time bye bye